Untitled Beatles podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, your your low voice is really good. You gotta. Oh, yeah. you, I, I mentioned Levi Stubbs recently, and I wasn't joking. <laughs> I should know all four of the tops. I have not looked it up since that episode. I like the four tops. <laughs> four tops had a great comeback with um, nineteen eighty two. Buddy, I'll go back to eighty two. Nineteen eighty two is Grease two. The four tops had the single from that movie. Much like they relied on Frankie Valley for the first Grease. The Four Tops sang the opening song called Back to School Again, and it briefly charted. But yeah, the Four Tops are a big part of Greece, too. You're welcome. We only have eight more records to cover. Might as well start talking bullshit up the top. It's true. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Casey Baker, our producer. This is part two of our deep dish into the all things must pass 50th anniversary box set coming out nearly 51 years after its release before we get to that though i did want to do housekeeping as they call it that became a thing we'll call it housekeeping uh recently we did an episode about the songs they gave away and uh we left one of them out we skipped over do you know which one tj do you remember it was on our list, but we, we got excited talking about, uh, I had plumbers, so I got distracted. You have PCS, you have plumber crack syndrome. <laughs> I do. I do. Crack is whack! <laughs> I want my plumber's crack. It's great, it's great! <laughs> Los Bravos, one of my favorite... One hit wonders. I play organ at a place called the Chicago Magic Lounge in Chicago, and I play that song. Gets on sounds great in the B three with the whole. Oh yeah, it's I just love a, that a, a song. Great, yeah, great tune. Spanish band, German singer singing in English. Love that band. So I, I don't know what well, I'm I'm not remembering. What's the other song we didn't mention? It was one of their the, a later Beatles song, uh, Thingamabob, which was a I think this is a McCartney tune. Yes. It was a theme to a British sitcom of the same name, and uh, it was done by John Foster and Sons Limited, as well as the Black Dyke Mills Band or something like that. They were Excuse like a me? UK brass band. <laughs> What's that? Excuse me. <laughs> Black Dyke. Uh, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> this is the way people talked back then. They named their band the Black Dyke Mills Band. I can't help that. They were a very competitive UK brass band. How competitive? They've won 23 brass band championships. 23 is Michael Jordan's number. They're the GOAT. The <laughs> Black are. Dyke Mills Band <laughs> is the GOAT. How come you guys didn't mention Thingamabob? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Now you're probably not even going to tell me Thingamabob was on that Apple Records compilation from when they reissued all the CDs. Doubles. Doubles. Doubles.
And real quick, Thingamabob was based on a demo of Paul's called Etc., which was done during the session for Mother Nature's Son. He heard it once and took the tape away. So it's become one of the most highly sought after outtakes from the White Album sessions. Gentlemen. <laughs> Thought you'd be like to be the first to know. We got the tapes. We got the tapes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> well, shall we do it, TJ? Uh, we are going to be covering All Things Must Pass, LPs four through eight. So that's the day one and day two demos, as well as something called what they were calling, what Danny and Paul Hicks were calling the party disc, right? Weren't they calling it that? Yeah. Session outtakes and jams. Yeah, let's go through these. So day one demos. I didn't even know these existed. Yeah, some of these, Tony, were on a not really well publicized release that came out around the time of the uh, Living the Material World movie called George Harrison Early Takes Volume 1. Yes. About a half hour long. Some of these are on there in some yes. form. Because I'm like, when I put it on, I'm like, oh, I know I've heard this demo's on a bootlegger. And then I went back and checked. And yeah, a few of these were on that. There's some kind of differences in the mixes, of course. But yeah, yeah, a lot of these I'd never heard before. Yeah, this is great. This to me was one of my favorite parts. I had heard, and I know you have too, the day two demos. That was also basically known as Beware of Abco, that highly bootlegged record. Yeah. So that's day two. In my head, when I heard Beware of Abco, I just assumed that was it. These were the demos for this record and that that was day one. Little did I know that prior to Beware of Abco was a whole day, a whole nother day. They did 15 songs. Studio 3, Abbey Road, Tuesday, May 26th, 1970. So this is George with Klaus Vorman and Ringo. Ringo Starr, that is. Yeah, actually, the, the vinyl's pretty cool, too. If you check out the label, it looks kind of like it's got the typewriter font. It, lo it looks like an acetate, kind of. Yeah, I think they do that for the uh, Esher demos and the White Album vinyl, too. So that's nice. a cool continuity thing. And the box this comes in is its own box. It looks like an old school EMI tape box that yeah. gives you the descriptions, which is another really neat touch. Yeah, it's also about the size of a tape box, too. So, it ha yeah, it's cool. We were uh, raving about the packaging in episode part one of this, and uh, this is part of that. I feel not getting a gnome, like they couldn't have done like a Beanie Baby size gnome in this $200 thing. <laughs> yeah. A keychain. Like, give me a keychain. How come I didn't get a keychain? <laughs> Dude, and for all you collectors out there, in my deep dish look at how many pressings I would buy if I were still single and didn't have a family, because that's a whole different ballgame. If I'm making the money I'm making now without a family, I'm buying the gnome box. Target <laughs> has a Target only vinyl that comes with all oh. things past stickers and apple oh. stickers of gnomes stickers of george on a bench stickers of trees it looks stickers. amazing I, I know stickers yeah stickers have made a comeback i'm waiting for iron-ons to come back to get your groovy sparkly iron shiny iron on <laughs> that's my favorite ozzy tune <laughs> Kid. Yeah. You can put Honeycomb Kid iron-on patches on t-shirts, jackets, just about anything. Right. 
There's one in each specially marked box. Parents must supervise ironing. By the way, in that $1,000 thing with the gnomes, that would be your offspring, basically. If you didn't have a, a wife and a child, you would have these gnomes. And you could take them to the park and put little masks on your gnomes, you know. And <laughs> uh, that would be my offspring. And it would be uh, my tribute to one of, I think, your second favorite band, The Offspring. Oh, my favorite band. You know what, though? <laughs> they did all right in Woodstock 99. They were actually <laughs> one of the few voices of reason yeah. in Woodstock. Yeah, basically saying, like, don't grope the women that are crowd surfing. Guys, <laughs> quit being fuckheads. We forgot to mention in the Victorian Ale Chest $1,000 version of this record, you also get another book, 44-page book, about the making of the record. And you get the scale replicas of the gnomes. You get an illustration by Klaus Vorman. There's some guru wisdom in there as well. You get some, you know, prayers or whatever. <laughs> I think there's also boot polish for your <laughs> gardener's boots. Plus trowels, a dibber, and some hand pruners. So you can... <laughs> <laughs> and an extra bottle of Roundup, which does go against the way George framed the 30th with the, the environments in peril take. But, you know, now you get Roundup. We got to save the world. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about these extra discs. These are great. These are great. LP number four, side one, opens with All Things Must Pass, Day One, Take One, Acoustic Guitar, Bass and Drums. So this one we actually did here on the early takes volume one. So nothing new here other than the mix itself, which these mixes sound great. Yeah, they all sound universally better. Um, early takes, they feel like they threw some reverb on it or sweetened it a little bit. That doesn't feel like it here. Yeah, yeah. I will say I prefer the mix on this. It sounds like I'm more in the room as opposed to listening to it on speakers. Daylight is good at arriving at Right time. It's not always going to be this great. All things must pass. All things must pass away. Same can be said for Behind That Locked Door. There is an all-acoustic version and a gentler take of this on early takes, but I like this version, this uh, take two. Yeah, and Klaus is still kind of searching in places. I mean, it's a demo, right? <laughs> and I love the freedom of the demo. Also, I love when he yells out, Go Pete! Yeah. Uh, during where the solo for Pete Drake would go. And the tales you have told me from the things that you saw Makes me want at your home Please, please From behind that locked door Go, Pete. 
When I first heard this, I was actually taking a walk. This is before the record stores were opening. I took a morning walk. So I'm listening to the streaming version. And it was just out of context. I was just taking a walk and just kind of listening. When I heard him say, go, go Pete, Pete, I was thinking Pete Best. Like he was making some weird Go Pete get out Best of the studio. <laughs> diddle -a -diddle -a -diddle -a <laughs> get it, Pete. Three cats. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I, I did. I thought like, oh, did Ringo like fuck up or something? And George is calling him Pete Best. I thought he was saying, go, Pete. Pete Rose, go tell the Hall of Fame you deserve to be in there. That a lot of players did far worse. <laughs> yeah, he was ahead of his time that way. He was a Nostradamus-like in those predictions. Poor Charlie Hustle. What do you think? Should Pete Rose go back in the Hall of Fame or not? What do you Pete think? Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. No question. Yeah. Okay. And I I, I did not like the Cincinnati Reds. I, I was not a Reds fan. I knew him more as a you manager. You liked Marge Shot, though. I think well, you really liked her. I mean, her. you know, any any old woman who calls her dog Nazi, you know, whatever the hell it is, like, yeah. It's like, oh, good. A Major League Baseball owner's an anti-Semite. Hopefully she'll die soon. And she did. She gone. He gone! It should be stated that there was... A demo for this on Early Takes Volume 1, but that's a different demo. That might have been Take 1, maybe. I don't know. But it was different. I Live For You, Day 1, Take 1. This was, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I was taking a walk, so my note here was pleasant while taking a morning stroll. All alone in this world am I Not a for this world have I only you keep my eyes open wide Yes, it's true I live for you It's a nice take on this. There is a finished version on that 30th anniversary set that has the overdubs that, you know. I don't know why it wasn't on here. I will say that. Yeah, I have very few disappointments. That's one of them, was that this song in particular was not on there. I don't think I needed My Sweet Lord 2000 or anything like that, but this one I missed. I missed this one. Let's talk about that for a second, because I do think it needed My Sweet Lord 2000, because yeah? the end of George's life, that's one of the last things he ever recorded, and he did it intentionally to mark the anniversary reissue of this record. It was a single as well. I don't particularly love it. He obviously changed things around. He changed the guitar line around so it wouldn't cause the same problems with um, He's So Fine. Right. I kind of made a statement about it. Like, it's funny because he did it. It's like this song and My Sweet Lord 2000 are kind of connected at the hip for that reason. But he did it for the reissue at the end of his life. I think it should have been recorded out of reverence for that. Not that I, I trust Danny. I trust Olivia. I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all. But given the importance of it for an issue of this at one point while he was alive, it surprised me. I'll buy that. Good point. Good point, TJ. Good point. Untitled Beatles podcast verdict, Shandar. <laughs> Win this one, biznitch. <laughs> People yeah. still talk like that? You, I got out debated. Oh, what can I say? We all want to change your head. Apple scruffs. This is nice. So I, I love this without the reverb. That's what I'm digging. Anything we can do to despecterize any of this stuff, I'm all about this. Even though I don't think Spectre had anything to do with these sessions at all. It sounds like he was there day two and then uh, for 
a brief moment, because as you know, he was a bit with all these things he quote unquote produced. It sounds like he was there and then he would disappear. He was not reliable. We'll say that. No, I guess being a murderous addict will do that to you. <laughs> I will say that uh, this version of Apple Scruffs is a stunner. What I wrote, it sounds like it could have come from one of the first couple uh, Bob Dylan albums. You've been stood around for years. See my smiles and touch my tears. How it's been a long, long time. And how you've been on my mind, my Apple Scruffs. Apple Scruffs, Apple Scruffs, how I love you. How I love you. I will say I love the influence of Bob Dylan on this whole record, especially, yes. you know, when we do side two and all the kind of the Pete Drake stuff, the, the band, all that. I love that influence on this record, which then, you know, yeah, this spawned. I, I don't like that word, but uh, Derek and the Dominoes, you know, came from this and Delaney and Bonnie. Is that how it's pronounced? Delaney? I always called it Delaney and Bonnie, Delaney. but as you know, I'm a moron. <laughs> I don't know either. I can't tell. But anyway, that whole scene, there was something going on. There was something going on at this time in these moments. I mean, it's very peripheral to Woodstock. You know, there's something about, yeah, and getting Snoopy. back to- <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the Beatles? Of course I do. Some in the garage behind the water heater, but they're not nearly as cute as our ladybugs. No, not those Beatles. The musical group your mom and dad knew. I will say this. I mean, you, he can't do harmonies on a demo, but I miss those harmonies in this sparse version. Uh, but, you know, what's nice is that you can put them there yourself if you're singing along. So there you go. People driving, people showering, people walking around, people anywhere. Even if you've got your earbuds on and someone's trying to watch a TV show, sing those harmonies, Apple Scruffs. You be you. Yeah, do it. <laughs> be yourself. Yeah, man. So what is life? Take three is another standout track on this. There's like three in a row here that just rocked my face off. I can't tell if I hear piano, the way the guitar, drums and bass sound. It feels like an early 60s rocker. Like take three of what is life. When I heard it, I was like, this would have sounded great. Like in the slot of if I needed someone or like, it, yeah. I can't explain it. It feels like a 1966 Beatles rock song. <laughs> I just adore it. What I know. My notes are groovier. You know, it's the, the beat is it's less like quarter notes or whatever. It, it, this this one has a groove to it. You're getting into more polyrhythmic stuff. I mean, I'm intellectualized. No, I'm not. 
You also, you mentioned underdog, sweet polyrhythmic was his, uh, you would always safer. Oh, underdog, you're wonderful. It's just, it's always refreshing to hear like a different, sparser arrangement of something, especially this song, which is so big, you know, with its chorus and all the singers and this and that. The song remains good on its own. I mean, that's also the, the sign of a good song. Can it stand alone on just a few elements? And it does. And in this form, this will be in a lot of playlists I make uh, in the waning days of summer. <laughs> Roll out those hazy, crazy, <laughs> wazy, lazy days of summer. <laughs> those commercials? Oh, yeah. What commercial was that for? God, I have no idea. Yeah. Applesauce? <laughs> What were they selling? <laughs> Life insurance, applesauce, oatmeal. <laughs> Com- yeah, yeah. Computer processor, Hewlett Packard. You wish that summer I think this one's great. I, I feel like it should be um, it should be given to Doris Troy. It's got that kind of energy to it. Um, yeah, I love his kind of uh, the woo woo '60s influenced voicings he does there. Like he's, you can tell George is loving singing the song and the joy in every take of this, be it a demo or be it the finished master is great. Then you go to a waiting, uh, a waiting on you all take one. This was also on early takes. He yes. calls it a waiting for you all on early takes and the right. count ins there. It's left off here. And when we get to the next disc um, in 79 minutes, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about <laughs> how a lot of the things on the Beware of Abco boot, like the count ins, the noodling are cut. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. I'm so used to hearing it that way. I guess if you're hearing for the first time, it's cleaner to hear without. But I kind of miss when he calls it by the wrong title. Yeah. And then does the count in is should be part of the song. But I, I, I love this. Where are you with this one? I think this one actually could use the Spectre treatment. I think this song is so big that it's fine on its own here in this stripped down version, but I definitely feel that it benefits from the the group mind that it eventually had. No doubt. Uh, I think what I love about it with just him and the electric and the, the drums and guitar is the vocal sounds so pointed and one of my favorite weird commentary George line, did he ever get more caustic than, and while the Pope owns 51% of General Motors and the stock exchange is the only thing he's qualified to quote us is the most scathing George Harrison line I think ever written. While the Pope owns 51% of General Motors and the stock exchange is the only thing he's qualified to quote us but the Lord is and you know what, man? That's not on the lyric sheet. And it's still not on the lyric sheet. Really? Like that? Yeah, that was something that the, the record companies. It wasn't Apple. It would have been like the distributor or whatever. Didn't want that on there. And uh, yeah, I don't know if they just stayed true to the package that way. But it's that line's not on the lyric sheet this time around. Again, interesting. It's such a great line. And then you go to Isn't It a Pity? I love the essence of this one. Yeah, yeah. The guitar's got that cool tremolo effect on it, at least in the intro. Yeah, and then when the drums come in, the tempo picks up, which I like. I don't need the song to be so dirgy. That would be my only note for overall for this whole record is that 
I could use the t- me <laughs> asshole needs the tempos up just just a touch. <laughs> uh, listen, play it on forty five, yeah. <laughs> or if you have a seventy eight, do it like that. Exactly. Call it a remix and just change the speed. That's the beauty of vinyl. You're right, man. You're right. Yes. Then you go to what I think one of the best takes on here is I'd have you anytime. Take one solo George on electric. It strikes me. He's playing power rock chord changes and it's a ballad. I mean, his guitar playing is great. His voice is great. Hearing this song in this form is just, just stunning. All I have is yours. All you see is mine. And I'm glad to Let me in here I know I've been here Let me into your I agree. Yeah. And again, there's that cool tremolo effect at the end. This song, it works, obviously, with the sparse arrangement. It's a quiet, it's a it's a personal song. It's cool. Reach yeah, out, it. touch faith. It's <laughs> our second Depeche Mode reference. Third, I think. <laughs> and touch uh, Faith Ford from (laughs) (laughs) they got into a lot of trouble with faith ford from murphy brown from murphy brown right (laughs) was faith ford also in the short-lived cbs sitcom the popcorn kid do you remember the popcorn kid (laughs) no that one is out of nowhere (laughs) what the fuck was the popcorn kid about about a bunch of kids who worked in a movie theater and the main guy was the popcorn kid and it was like an 80s I might just be making up shows. I'm not going to lie. Are you thinking of the heartbreak kid, but are you hungry? (laughs) (laughs) The next one on here, this I Dig Love Take One, I actually prefer it. It's shorter. It's less self-conscious. And it almost has like a Savoy truffle feel to it. I dig love. no breaks like the band just stays fluid they keep playing the song it's and again it's got the groovier beat the polyrhythmic beat <laughs> polyurhythmic sweet dreams are made of these <laughs> yeah i i dig this version i dig love and this version uh version i dig i love it every morning i dig uh this going down to golders green this elvis parody that i'd heard on these these john barrett cassettes the bootlegs oh, of those where right? the the emi engineer dubbed a bunch of tapes in the 80s that's how i knew it this is silly but it's kind of cool to hear him playing and singing that way well wake up every morning run 
Yeah, this is based on Baby Let's Play House. I mean, that's basically what this song is. Yeah, there's some cool like Scotty Moore guitar licks in there, kind of like James Burton as well. Elvis's guitar players with that groovy Memphis sound, whatever you want to call that, Sun Records. This one was new to me. Um, I did learn, though, that Golders Green is the neighborhood where Badfinger lived. And uh, it is uh, in Travel Card Zone 3, and it's the first surface station on the Edgeware branch uh, when you're heading north on the tube. God, speak English! You're in America! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> English. See? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like I, I do like this. It was cool. It's cool to hear that. I've always been annoyed by Daradoon. I, I know it's light lovely and pretty, <laughs> but it's always kind of that's one of those me a little cuckoo. <laughs> The only version I've ever heard was the one in Friar Park with the ukulele during Anthology when they're filming it. And Paul's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, I, to me, it's the moment of that whole thing that makes it a little uncomfortable for me. Yeah. OK. Have you heard other versions of it? Because I hadn't. Not me. Yeah. I've heard this on a bootleg, maybe that John Barrett one as well. But I've heard this got one it. on on bootlegs in that era. Well, it's got a tricky meter. I feel like they're chasing after this elusive one, you know, the one in the song, like the James Brown, the one, two, three, four. It's a weird little song. This is a uh, take two. And I love that they actually attempt a live fade out. Like yeah, that's kind of neat. <laughs> the band fades out. That's fun. I'd forgotten that George is noodling on this, on the ukulele in anthology in the bonus, right? Yeah. This is when they're outside and they're yeah, talking. I, yeah. I totally and he starts forgotten. singing. He starts singing to camera uh, and I think they're shooting two cameras or three or however many cameras, but you see George like looking for the, which camera's on and he like sings it directly to camera. Uh, I don't know if I I don't know. And then Ringo just, you know what? I'm a drummer. And whenever people are like, yeah, let's go to the park and just we'll bring out some guitars and it'll be fun. Like when you're the drummer, that sucks. That's the worst <laughs> thing ever. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to have some carrots and I'm going to play the, you know, play the sandwich bag. And it's like, you feel like a fucking moron. <laughs> And Rico's kind of playing the, uh, he's playing his legs, right? Some, right? Yeah. I forget, actually. Yeah. He's either yeah. playing legs or I don't know if they gave him like a couple little bongos. I forget, man. <laughs> Rico's playing legs with ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, TJ. Too soon. <laughs> Since this didn't make the last episode, do you know how the ZZ Top bass player died? No, no. How? I, I'm actually not sure. How? 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 
Wow. So good. That's so good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. A lot of free time. A lot of eddies. <laughs> Footnote, Derridoon is a town 25 miles northwest of Rishikesh. Thank you. English. <laughs> Who's this show for? Americans. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. This next tune, Om, Harry Om. Yeah. Take one. It's fine. It's cute. It goes on too long. I agree. It definitely goes on way too long. It picks up the tempo, but then the tempo slows down again. My notes were, I see why this song was overlooked. I also have a note on here regarding that repetitive nature. There was a note on here that in the lyric sheet, it said something like, repeat until death. Yeah. Which to me, it's, it's very uh, Yoko Ono grapefruit. Painting to be stepped on. Leave a piece of canvas of finished painting on the floor or in the street. Laugh piece. Keep laughing a week. And uh, then, then we get to a ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp, uh, the demo take two. I love this one. It's mellower. I love that it begins with the O Sir Frankie Crisp. It's such a haunting song. It's such a great, weird. It's something like Blue Jay Way. The way George mm. sings about places he's in is really unique and wonderful. Let it roll across the floor. the hole and out the door to the fountain of perpetual mirth let it roll for all it's worth now let it roll I mean, again, this is one of my favorites of the whole batch. I like this song. I like Wawa, Run of the Mill. I think those are perhaps my three favorite. I don't know. Going off the top of my head. But uh, so who's doing the low parts? Is that Klaus and Ringo? I mean, those are the only two guys there. I don't see George going back to overdub that. You know what I mean? It's a demo, right? I don't know, because when he's playing harmonica, he's also doing an Apple Scruffs. I think that's just just him. It's solo George, and he's got harmonica, yeah. guitar, and vocals. So maybe he did do overdubs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know who those mysterious low voices are. They're so low that they're unrecognizable. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe we'll never know. This the low voices there is is all things must pass as Carnival of Light. <laughs> Take a walk down that one. Um, next one is one that was used on early takes as well. My Sweet Lord, take one. Mm -hmm. Once again, this time they edit out the, um, the announcing the song. And there's also a longer fade out. This one cuts out. I'm not sure why. But th this is a real nice track. This is actually one that shows you how the evolution of the song made it into a standard. Because it doesn't sound like a standard in the demo form. My sweet lord. Mm, my lord. My no, it needs some more work for sure. 
And then it closes, day one closes with Sour Milk Sea. This is George revisiting this song. It was a, an Esher demo. It was then also given, actually it had already been recorded and released by Jackie Lomax at this time. Who everyone knew from the Honeymooners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jackie Lomax. <laughs> Yeah, so this is just acoustic guitar, vocals only. I I had never heard this version. To me, it was new. Yeah, it's cool to hear it. Cool to hear it. I'd never heard it either. Uh, yeah, I dug it. It's kind of cool that it closes the album. Only one thing really brings is on. Get out of this silence. You don't belong there. Get back to where you should be. Find out what's going. Yeah, I want to say that all this stuff is chronological, because as we move on to day two demos, those are in the same order as Beware of Abco. And yeah, it seems like this is the order in which they were recorded. So this is Wednesday, May 27th, 1970, the next day, Studio 3. Uh, and this is George, mostly solo, playing songs for Phil. Again, 15 songs, five that were never revisited or released. And it's possible that he didn't know he was being recorded. I know he saw someone setting up a mic that could have been just so Phil could hear it, but very glad they recorded these. Uh, these have all been released. Strawberry Records, 1994, put out Beware of Abco. So if you're into this stuff, you've probably heard it before. Big difference is right. We don't hear all the noodling or the tuning, yeah. the chatter, the uh, wet hacking cough. There's a lot of coughing <laughs> on this, which actually made me sad when you consider how George Harrison died so young. The coffee yeah. actually made hurt my heart a little bit, to be honest with you. Well, then you must have enjoyed this because we don't really hear it on uh, the remasters. They get rid of all that stuff. It's just yes. the songs. The hacking. I think there's one time where it's baked into some uh, fade out. But yeah, I mean, I would say that Beware of Abco CD, which I got at Beetlefest in the summer of 2000, was one of the single greatest bootlegs. That one, and then the year later, I got the McCartney-McManus, all the McCartney-Costello demos, which were also cleaned up for the flowers and the dirt issue. So it's great to see these incredible demos being officially released. Esher is the, probably the best example. But this one is like one of the best-sounding Beetle bootlegs that had ever been released. So it's nice to still have the noodling and the chatter on the great bootleg. You don't have to get rid of that. No. We're not going to talk about every track on here because, you know, we want to be conscious of time. But rest assured, this is a, a beautiful, beautiful rendition of the demos. I prefer it to the first disc, actually. Hmm. And there's a bunch of songs he would later revisit or never do again. We'll focus on those. What are some of the early ones in this that really got you, Tony? Well, I've always liked Everybody Nobody, which later became uh, Sir Frankie Crisp. He reworked it, so he got rid of the majority of these lyrics. But, I, you know, I always like everybody's into twin reverb and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was funny that it ended with a guitar mistake, and that's just how the song ends. Everybody is nobody is the Nobody is everybody here Everybody is going round and round about Nobody can find the high gear Everybody's burning oil without a doubt Nobody can keep the vision clear 
That's a really nice one. And you're right. It presages the Let It Roll with the Oser Frankie Crisp. Right before that's Art of Dying. And interesting publishing note, it ends with him singing a snippet of Hernando's Hideaway, which they kept on this, oh. uh, which is by Jerry, uh, I don't know the first name, but Adler and Ross, who wrote The Pajama Game. It's from Pajama Game, which was the big first Bob Fosse musical. Oh. And he sings a tag of that. And it's not credited uh, to Adler and Ross in the um, in the booklet. Living through a million years of crying Until you realize the art of dying Do, 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 do. do you believe me? I didn't know that. But he goes, Hernando's Hideaway, that was the big dance number. John Raitt was in it. It was a huge Broadway musical. A great one. There's great songs in there. But yeah, it's interesting that they missed that credit note in the the publishing rights section of the book. Uh Uh-oh. Lawsuit alert. I'm going to sue George Harrison's estate. That's a good way to get them to know that we exist. We're trying to get publicity, people. Maybe suing a Beatle. It worked for them. They sued each other for 12 years, you know, 15 years. And still hung out. So, yeah, that's how you get in. You got to sue them. (laughs) I got the sue you, sue me blues. We're going to play the sue me, sue you Another one that I love here, I know we'll get to another one you didn't hear much of in a minute, but Beautiful Girl, which he said he had no title for. I was expecting the uh, Van Halen song that closes Van Halen, too. (laughs) Hey, where you going? Hey! (laughs) Yeah, and then another one that wasn't ever recorded, Window, Window. So, well, it was presented to and rejected by the Beatles back at Twickenham. Again, it's got a real Dylan influence. I go for a walk in the shed And check out the paint and the lead But it's always the change and it gives me a pain So I go home and I go back to bed And I look out the window and see Look out the window and see I look out the window and see But I get the feeling it doesn't see me I would have actually really liked this one on the LP and again instead of isn't it a pity whatever version whatever one I suppose whoa <laughs> Well it's it's like you wanted to kick off long and winding road in favor of that means a lot <laughs> No, but I like this. I like Window Window. I wish they would have uh, tried it as a band. Another one that I love here, I've always had the demo of, of his cover of Bob Dylan's I Don't Want to Do It. Yeah. Which is such a great song. And it would later, uh, we can't take too big of a detour for this, but that Porky's uh, Revenge soundtrack, which Mm -hmm. Dave Edmonds produced, 
that's got uh, Jeff Beck, uh, Carl Perkins, Clarence Clemens, Willie Nelson's on it. It was a terrible film, The yes. Last of the Porky's franchise, but it's the only time a George Harrison single has been released on Columbia. It's cool to see the Columbia Records label with uh, with George Harrison's name on it, and that was I Don't Want to Do It. So to hear him do that song as an acoustic demo and then revisit it, what, uh, 15 years later, whatever it was, to record for the soundtrack. It's a neat progression. Yeah. I love both versions. Sit beside the track upon the hill and try to concentrate On all the places I don't want to go You know it shows you that I couldn't wait Come back into my arms again This love of ours, you know it has no end I don't want to do it I don't want to say goodbye I don't want to do it I don't want to say goodbye It should be noted that when he did this on this day, he said, we'll do this one tomorrow. Tomorrow being 15 years later. Yeah, well, tomorrow never knows. (laughs) There you go, man. There you go. (laughs) We should mention Tell Me What Has Happened to You. I always thought this is a funny, like haunting kind of a Goonie song with a wonderfully folk-driven chorus. I love it for the chorus. I could hum that chorus all day. What's the matter with you? Tell you what's the matter with me? Tell me what has happened to you? I'll tell you what happened to me too. I would have loved to have heard like a live, whatever, the band version of this. Yes. Uh, one version that's great, stripped down with just George on electric. The stunning version of Hear Me Lord is is mm-hmm. is gorgeous. It's just incredible. I couldn't agree with you more. I love the guitar Tony's got on this with this like kind of an overdrive going on. Yeah, one of my favorite. I'm on electric. This day, these demos, beware of Abco. It's great. Get it somehow if you like this stuff. Nowhere to Go, I think, might be one of my favorites. Riding along in my automobile. (laughs) I mean, that one's good. That one's called No Particular Place to Go. Very similar. (laughs) Nowhere to Go, co-written by Bob Dylan in 1968. I really love this song. This is my favorite of these unused demos. Again, I could have used this on the record. What do you think of Cosmic Empire? 
it's fine. You know, that's one I'd heard bootleg before. I think that's also on Beware of Abco, all this is. And it, it's fine, but it's you know, like McCartney's cosmically conscious. A lot of the cosmic stuff didn't need to be released. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, Cosmic Empire and the next one, Mother Divine, are not my favorites. Not my favorites. So the the final disc in the set, I think, is the best. And like like we mentioned, I think, in episode 118 uh, hours ago, when you put the set on, you think, how can it get better? How can it get better? And then records seven and eight are, without question, the highlight of the set, the party disc. Yeah. One thing I love about the sleeve, it's the first time I've seen the capital Apple and Dark Horse logos next to each other on the inner sleeve. They throw the Dark Horse <laughs> logo. It's neat that it almost feels like what was once under the Warner Brothers domain. It's now an all things must pass thing. I think as a label nerd, I love it. But it starts with a snippet of Isn't It a Pity? How many times have the Beatles said a swear word on record, Tony? Isn't it so shitty? Not very often. I mean, John did it a bunch on Plastic Ono. Till you're so fucking crazy you can't follow their rules. You know, we have that little moment in Hey Jude, which is buried. Paul does it on 1993's Big Boys Bickering. Yep. The B-side of Hope of Deliverance. Fucking hit up for everyone. It was like Paul McCartney swore. Yeah. Yeah. Are we just waiting on Ringo? I don't... I can't, I don't know. He's had a lot of stuff I don't, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. You've never heard the all F-word version of Act Naturally? This is my favorite version of Isn't It a Pity? This is the one that should have been version two or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then leave room for one of the other songs. I love this. This is my favorite. And it, this proves this is, in fact, a party record. Isn't it so shitty? Isn't it a pain? Now we do so many takes. We're doing it again And because of all Yeah It's like Rudy Ray Moore <laughs> It's George's version of that Beach Boys record <laughs> No Here I stand well, you know, they used to call party records those records that were just like people swearing like Rudy Ray Moore or Fred Fox. Yeah. Speaking of foreign words, I want you to know my my name is Red Fox, spelled R-E-D-D-F-O-Double-Cross, pronounced Red Fox. In Spanish, it's Zorro Rojo. In French, it's Renault Rouge. In Russian, Ilchevich Yusanovich. <laughs> You put on these records of people telling like off-color jokes and, you know, that's how adults hung out. And then there'd be a key party afterwards. <laughs> I, I miss Red Fox. I love Sanford and Son. Is he dead? Um, uh, the, <laughs> the next take on here is Wawa take one. This is great. I love it. I love the it's a full rock out minus the specterization. Yes. And uh, it's great to hear the instrumentation of the band without the wall of sound and the way he does the baby, baby, baby. He just goes off. I love this version. 
It's great. It's great. Yes. It must be said that this party record, party records, are specter free. You get to hear the stuff nice and dry and like a rock band, like playing in a fucking club, not in a gymnasium, <laughs> you know, at the at the high school prom or whatever the fuck. Like, so you get to hear these things. So that said, it's like, oh, what could this be? I love this version, but what could it have been? With the sax solo in there, because this doesn't have the sax solo. It's take one. They put the sax right. overdub on take three or whatever it is. There's also this great rolling drum fill that goes into the first bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, that one is not on the one they used. I think it's take three is what they used. Yeah, man. No, I love this version. It's so great. Follow it up with a slightly more groove and I'd have you anytime. This one grooves a bit. Take five. Let me know you. Let me show you. Let me grow on you. All I have is yours. All you see is mine. And I'm glad to hold you in my home. I have you anytime. Yeah. And it's definitely a different take from the early take that was on Early Takes Volume 1. So this is new. This is new. Yeah, I like this version a lot. Anything to give this song a little more BPM, I'm into it. Yeah, I have um, chronic BPM. And some of it is <laughs> I, I put Cholula on everything. I don't think that helps. Um, next up is take one of Art of Dying. I love how he's kind of giving Ringo some notes. One, two, three, four. Oh, actually, there should be a thing on the beginning which I forgot all about. Just Ringo, just one, two, three, ba, doom, do. You know, just a one beat. You know what I mean? One, two, three, ba. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, here we go. One, two, one, two. You know what I love about this, Tony? Mm. The opening riff sounds like the opening of the Bangladesh while my guitar gently weeps. It sounds oh, yeah. like, to me, it's got the same kind of gait and energy. Yet another take one. Like, honestly, when you're making music, it's either take one or last take. Or maybe second to last take. Tell that to Brubeck, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Once every few weeks I call you bitch I'm not that guy Like that, that, That's podcast character TJ Real me you don't want to know people But yeah. like I want you it, it, it's, I'm, In my mind I'm making fun of somebody Who addresses people that way And it comes out that way as a bit I don't think you're a bitch I don't talk like that in real life And in real life I also believe Trump's going to be appointed in five minutes So I want to make that clear too It's just real life All right. Well, I have no notes for Isn't It a Pity? Take 27, recorded on June 3rd of 1970. What about you? Do you have anything for this? Yeah. You know, even though this was kind of pitched to the Beatles and like there is kind of a, a weird version of it, 
uh, like a demo, I think. This sounds close to what like a more fleshed out Let It Be Sessions Beatles version would sound like. Isn't it a pity? Isn't it a shame? I'm again of the mind of, okay, what other song could have gone in here? I feel like one of his biggest singles come on now i have well we have two versions then we've got the best version ever where it's the goof to me it's like end on a laugh get out give me some i know there's other takes in there of other songs give me something else <laughs> <laughs> that's what i say but i'm glad i spent my 175 it only cost me 175 tj because they had like a 10 percent discount at freak beat records sherman oaks california i'm the guy who bought it <laughs> hey, congratulations. You bought it for uh, for the price they bought it for. They made no money. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Anti-small business Tony over here. But I bought from a small business, and now I'm anti. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> I, I bought mine from, from Reckless in Chicago. Good for you. It nice. was 184 actually, but with tax, it came to 200 Because we live in tax annoy. Man, that's true. That's true. Next up is a brisker take of If Not For You. You can really yeah. hear the organ. This one's closer to the Bob Dylan version on New Morning, which I've always loved. I love the ornamentation with the, is it a glockenspiel or bells in the Dylan version? Um, and I love the piano in this. It's a gorgeous take of the song. If not for you, the winter would hold no spring. I couldn't hear a robin sing. I agree. Yeah. Less mellow. Yeah. I dig the energy. I'm into this one. Now, curious song. Wedding bells are breaking up that old gang of mine. Take one. I think it's probably the only take they probably did of this. This is obviously a significant song because Paul would always reference this song when talking about the breakup of the Beatles. He does it in anthology, I think. I think it's in there, yeah. that story. He did that in an anthology, and I think he did that in, like, in some Larry King interview. It was kind of, it's in his uh, palette, right? It's really interesting to hear George actually go for this song. Now I get that lonesome feeling When I hear those church bells chime Those wedding bells are breaking up that It seems like it's an actual attempt at the song, you know, less like an impromptu get back session jam where it breaks down because they don't remember how the middle part goes or whatever. And Mal drops a glass <laughs> bottle of orange juice. <laughs> That's later. That's yeah, later. I <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I think it's cute. It feels like a precursor to Devil in the Deep Blue Sea, which he would record shortly before Brainwashed. Oh, well, yeah. he might have recorded Devil in the Deep Blue Sea in the 90s. I take that back. Yeah. But yeah. it was on Brainwashed. Exactly. Yeah. The next track was a standout for me. This is oh, me too. Right? What is life? Tony. What is life? Take one. I mean this, yeah. So it's the full band version just without overdubs. Tell me what is my life? To love. Tell me who am I without you? Again, 
again, this is a first take. It has that magical quality of the first time you're doing something and it's free, meaning it's new. <laughs> and therefore, meaning it's all right <laughs> now, baby, it's a- Wow. How about that? The band Free. <laughs> wow. I could have done Free as a Bird. It is a Beatle podcast, but I was thinking of The Drive. Nice. Yeah, this is awesome. I love the rock simplicity without the horns and the production. The guitar work is amazing. Tony, it's George Harrison and Clapton, and I've known Frampton's on the record, but I don't think I've appreciated that Peter Frampton's playing a lot of guitar on this record until this box set came out. It makes a difference hearing that guitar playing, how cool it is that a legit guitar hero of the 70s not named Eric Clapton is a massive part of this. It's true. We have yet to mention that Peter Frampton even plays on this record, and it's yeah, it's not documented well. We, I don't even think Peter Frampton knows which songs he played on. You know what I yeah. mean? That's what I've heard. Although Peter Frampton thinks wah-wah's doobie wah. We'd like to <laughs> get a bit funky now. This one's called doobie wah. Beware of Darkness, take eight. Now, something I, as I was listening to this, I love this song. I love this version. I love these mixes, which are, again, no specter. Watch out now. Take a beware of falling swingers. Yeah, this is like, oh, you can make all things must pass naked from just all these outtakes. You know, that's what this is. Yeah. Or whatever that what do they call double fantasy? Stripped? Double fantasy stripped? Yeah. <laughs> naked stripped. <laughs> all things must pass violated. <laughs> <laughs> Wildlife in the nudes. (laughs) Side three opens with Hear Me Lord, take five. Not that far from the official version, but it's cool to hear George's voice. Yeah. It shines through really clear with all of the production. I dig it. I really like the extended jam at the end. I, I, <laughs> and after what I just said, which is hilarious, I do miss the big production on this. I don't miss the icy cave reverb, but I miss the big production. That said, I do like I, it's it's just a stripped down version of of this song. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a great one. Let it down. Take one. It's lovely. Another stripped down version. You can really hear the organ and the piano arrangement. I love those organ sounds. Yeah, man, they are making a witch's brew with those those organs. I love that they're like gurgling underneath. This was a standout for me. This is, again, another take one, man. Watch out for take ones, man. (laughs) Are you do you think witch's brew is the best Miles Davis record? Is that a Miles Davis dead lie? Is that, I thought it was is, called Bitches Brew. Is, I'm obviously kidding, but is Bitches okay. Brew Miles Davis? Did I, did I make up a Miles Davis record? No, that's a, yeah, yeah that's a right. Miles Davis. <laughs> you were doing like the weird clean version <laughs> that's joke. That's right. You were doing the G-rated. 
I, okay, here's the thing. I'm a liberal Democrat, but I supported Tipper Gore petitioning to have that Miles Davis record turned from bitches brew to witches brew. I can say categorically that the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. Next up's Run of the Mill, take 36. I love the tricky rhythm and the descending guitar figure. It sounds like a Derek and the Dominoes tune in this incarnation. Yeah, those guitars put me in the mind of Thin Lizzy at first. And then it was like, oh, no, that's that's Allman Brothers. That's uh, Dead Allman. <laughs> Greg Allman? No, Dwayne, right? No, Dwayne, right. <laughs> Dwayne Allman's dead, but Greg Allman's no angel. <laughs> right. That's how I remember He it. married Cher. I really like this song. I would say, you know, if I, whatever, who cares? The descending thing would probably get a little earwormy after a while. Like I would say like, oh, maybe use half of those. But uh, I like that this exists and uh, I will leave it at that. No, oh, good. Because next up's down to the river rocking chair jam. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing this song, I think for the first time in my life, Tony, you can hear elements of this in Rocking Chair in Hawaii, which he did on Brainwashed. Ah. Rocking Chair in Hawaii feels directly influenced by this song. Some of the yodeling, um, yeah. all that stuff feels like a direct line. Well, as George says, TJ, so fucking what? So fucking what? That's right. He says it at the very I, I love it. I do too. I like that. It's so great that he says it. Um, then we get to side four, which is the long bootleg get back take one. This is so fun. This is so fun. Well, first of all, yeah, you hear that tape screech that goes into the mid jam. Get back, get back where you won't belong. Take it, yo, yo. I guess this is during the Art of Dying sessions, but I love it. I love this. You get to hear him like almost ironically covering Get Back, right? Yeah, I've heard this before a bunch. This is on another couple of those bootlegs. Have you heard this or was this new to you? This was new for me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I remember The first time I heard it, I couldn't tell if it was a goof. I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know it came from these sessions. Right. A lot of the bootlegs I got don't tell you where they came from. No. So right. yeah, this one's really funny. Tony, there's about 30 seconds shaved off. I'll send you the bootleg oh, okay. one I have. It's really just the song falling apart, but why not include it? Exactly. Like my whole thing is like, why not? Why not just throw that part on? Why not? My favorite part, of course, is when George says, Mal, get a mop and another glass of OJ. Mal, get a mop and another glass of oranges. Well, as you know, TJ, that was because John McEnroe had just entered the studio and he had one of his famous tennis tantrums. That's I'll never forget that McEnroe came in and then Bobby Knight came in and threw a chair at Bobby Whitlock. Billy Martin got in there. It was great. It was great. <laughs> All the old school jerks. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. So now we've got an Apple Jam reject. 
Almost 12 bar honky tonk almost was something that uh, George put in there editorially, a.k.a. whose pepperoni is this? What's your angle? I'll buy that pepperoni. <laughs> so that's a Flintstones <laughs> reference for you when Fred becomes a stock when Fred starts playing the stock exchange or whatever whose baby is that what's your angle I'll buy that whose baby is that what's your angle I'll buy that so two things about this uh, it feels a little like Key to the Highway from the Layla album it's got kind of that feel and that kind of which makes sense given some of the personnel here. The Bobby Key sax made me think it's a documentary on the Reaper Bond part of Hamburg. <laughs> I feel like the his sax feels like it should be played over footage of Hamburg in the early 60s. With people with bloody noses and... <laughs> Swinging at each other and burlesque clad ladies. Random hookers in doorways. Yeah. Hookers in doorways and doorways and hookers. Something, something. And Phoenix is Devin Booker's. A really great player, but he lost the final. All right. There's enough of this recap here. Um, the next one is a take one of a track that I feel like is this sets my mummy's dead. It's, it's Johnny's birthday. Take one. Life. Death. Yeah, there you <laughs> right? go. Birth and death. Uh, yeah, it's Johnny's birthday. This is a fun way to hear this so you don't get all the weird tape garbling or the very speedy stuff. Speed. Yeah. Thank you. And then you also hear there's some slide guitar overdubs in there. It's Johnny's birthday. It's Johnny's birthday. And we would like to wish him all the very best. It's Johnny's birthday. It's Johnny's birthday. I'll put this to round out mixes when I burn CDs for my dad's 03 Corolla, which I still do. I'll put, <laughs> I'll put this on, on mixes. Um, it still sounds trippy and weird even without the Verispeed stuff. It, it, it's fun. Yeah. I'd never heard it like that before. And then the final one, and I love the end with this, is one that would later resurface on 33 and a third. And there's a very different take on early takes of this one, too. And it's yep. Woman, Don't You Cry For Me, take five. What a neat song. And it sounds, it kicks off 33 and a third with that Willie Weeks bass. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, the finished version sounds very much like a Stevie Wonder song, you know, with that clavichord yes. and the funk bass and the driving beat. And then this is very much like a, you know, a Delta Blues version, like a slide guitar blues picking. Long way to go, baby woman, don't you cry for me. A long way to go, baby woman, don't you cry for me. It's nearly five minutes long. And then, yeah, that early takes version is about half the length. I will say I missed they have like a mouth harp going on that other version. I kind of missed that would have been fun to hear a mouth harp on this version. But I don't know what a, is there another name for mouth harp? I don't remember <laughs> what what's a mouth harp. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, That's TJ, a, uh, it's called, a, it's also known in other circles as a, a Jew's harp. How fucking dare you? My people? I know, I'm not allowed to say that. That's why I said mouth harp. 
<laughs> well, I don't know much about bands, but I do know you can't make a living selling big trombos. No, sir. Mandolin picks, perhaps, and here and there a Jews harm. No. So I'm glad we plowed through that whole, uh, you know, it's a great box set. This is the greatest Beatles reissue I've ever bought, both in terms of how it looks. The only thing I can compare it to are the box sets with all the mono vinyl and all the stereo vinyl that came out. Um, I don't remember what year. I'm never going to try to guess right now in the early 2010s. But yeah, right. this is, it's a gorgeous set. Like I love the McCartney archive stuff. Plastic Ono Band is beautiful. This sets a standard, this LP box set that will be very difficult to match for content and for physicality of it. It is the greatest Beatles reissue I've ever bought. I agree, man. It's going to be hard to top this one. I'm looking forward to the Let It Be set coming out. We'll see. We shall see. But this thing is, uh, I'm so glad it finally came out. I'm glad uh, I was responsible with my life and I wore a mask and I got a vaccine so that I didn't die so I could hear this record. And uh, I hope you can hear it too. It's out there. Stream it. Buy it. Live it. And as Bobby Whitlock might say, you know who he hated? He hates Streamweaver. I believe you should buy the physical album tonight. Bobby Whitlock's like, fuck you, dude. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 